Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. Para ti y para mí. Tamarindo Podcast is your hosts, Luis Octavio and Brenda Gonzalez, and we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! Happy New Year, Tamarindos! This is Brenda Gonzalez from the Tamarindo Podcast. I am letting you know that we are taking a short break. We will be, be be back in February. In the meantime, we are re-airing our episode with Rafael Agustin, and we hope that you enjoyed this episode and let other people know about the Tamarindo podcast. Well, we will be back soon. Don't forget, you can email us at tamarindopodcast at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Thank you. Enjoy. Hey, Luis, do you know how to support the Tamarindo podcast? By listening? Duh. Yeah, but what if you uh, haven't figured out how to listen to a podcast? Then they should go on our Instagram and figure it out. That's right, because you <laughs> you've made a video. It shows you all the steps to, sh to find the Tamarindo podcast. What if you're with a friend and you know they would like the Tamarindo podcast, but they don't listen to podcasts? What can you do? Then they can pull their credit card out and give us some money. No, I'm saying, well, that's one way. You could definitely support the way money. But take that person's phone and upload the Tamarindo podcast for them. Yes. Super easy. We want you to tell your friends about Tamarindo. And if you don't have any money to give us on our GoFundMe, which we accept donations. If you don't have money for that, but you also have known time, as go fund my tacos. Go, go fund my tacos. If you if you have a little bit of time, just take two minutes and give us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. We are totally independent. We yes. don't have any big media behind us, although we'll welcome yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> so help us be seen and tell someone about the Tamarindo podcast. Woo What's up, Tamarindos? We're back, and uh, we're very excited. We have a very, very, very cool guest today. But before we get into that, Luis, how are you? Good. ¿Y tú qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty <laughs> stuffed. 
pretty stay trying trying to stay positive more than anything in light of horrendous things but let's just keep being positive i know (laughs) (laughs) or delusional i don't know well um yeah we're very excited about our next guest Uh, he's uh, a good friend of ours rafael agustin Mr. Rafael Agustin, you'll get to hear from him. You'll get to hear his story. And I'm um, very excited that he took the time to visit yes, us. Yes, totally. I've been kind of begging him to do so for a while. And I, he finally took uh, took up the offer. And, you know, what I think is really excited, uh, exciting and you all will hear is just that he's one of many examples of many of us that have been in mm-hmm. limbo and our immigration status. And the more that we can share examples of real life stories and put some Um, faces behind the vision that people think of when they think of undocumented immigrants, the the better that we can do for our community to lift up these examples. So here we're going to hear an example of a person that, like many of us that are listening, might have at some point had some struggle with their immigration status and has continued to contribute amazing things to to his community. Um, And uh, we're really excited to hear from him. And what you'll learn is that he's the executive director of the Latino Film Institute Youth Cinema Project, which is a phenomenal project that actually introduced literacy into um, black and brown students through engaging them into projects around creating film. So it's very exciting. So we'll hear a little bit about, about that. We'll hear about his um, his work in theater, his story. And also he was he's named the, the 2016 Sundance TV Episodic Fellow, one of Damn. very few Latinos, and maybe the only Latino, I'm not sure. Um, so we'll hear about his wonderful accomplishments and the many ways that we can continue to support and lift his story. So without further ado, let's hear our interview with the wonderful and talented Mr. Rafael Agustin. Guess what? We have an amazing superstar here. Yo me siento muy excited. <laughs> Yo también. I'm so excited and I cannot hide it. So we have our friend Rafael Agustin. We are very excited to hear from you. Rafael, tell us your story for the listeners. What makes you uh, somebody that should be on the Tamarindo podcast? Tell us your story. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I feel like I am a long-time listener and first-time caller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love I love the work that you all do for, for the community, for everybody. And uh, I love how accessible this show is. So my name is Rafael. You can roll your R's if you feel sexy. Rafael. Um, Rafael. I was actually born in uh, Ecuador, South America. What? I thought you were Mexicano. Get I out. thought I was Mexican too. You know, it's hilarious because I, <laughs> and, and, I swear, in Ecuador, every time there was a celebration, my grandfather would get mariachis. So I just thought that was an Ecuadorian thing. So we came to LA, and my Mexican friends would listen to mariachis. I was like, oh, you listen to Ecuadorian mariachis too. <laughs> Ecuadorian mariachis. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, I'm learning something about you already. Okay, so tell us, continue with your story. Oh, no. I am. Um, so we come to Los Angeles, and um, uh, I'm, I'm an only child, which explains a lot. Uh, I came with my mom, who uh, who was an anesthesiologist in Ecuador, and my father, who's a pediatric surgeon, and their first jobs here. My dad 
worked at a car wash was his first job and you know my what? mom I, my mom my dad was a valet driver uh, being a doctor in mexico so that's interesting yeah really oh my god they probably worked the same shift <laughs> <laughs> i feel like, like our stories are so <laughs> common it's just not heard and and my mom her first job was at kmart you know they came to try to find their piece of the american dream and like most parents discover that the american dream are for their children not really for them it's for the next generation uh so i knew we were immigrants coming here what I didn't know and what I learned in high school after I applied to go to college was that I was an undocumented immigrant. And that's kind of like when my life uh, collapsed on itself because I was this overachieving kid on his way to college and I just couldn't afford it. Like higher education is too expensive. So I ended up at the only place that would accept me and that was community college. So I went to Mount San Antonio College. What up? 909 626. Mount, Mount San Antonio College. Mount Sac. Mount Sac, which you shouldn't text your teachers because it autocorrects to my sack, and that's a terrible <laughs> thing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Then what? Then what? what was next? Uh, then at Mount Sac, I was actually in this immigration limbo. I didn't know what to do with myself. I, I, li- I like to dance that dance. Yeah, I we, danced it too. <laughs> I think a lot of us did. I think a lot of us did. Um, and then I just took, a, I mean, I come from a long line of like doctors and lawyers, so I thought I would go down that route. But just taking all these classes I would have never taken because I didn't know how long I would be in college or in community college, I ended up in a the theater class. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my parents proud and go study theater. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, right? Every, it's not, every it's how immigrant's we do. dream. Yeah. I know. Uh, but um, that actually helped me fulfill one of my dad's dreams, who always wanted to work at UCLA Medical, but he couldn't, um, obviously because of our immigration status. And eventually I got accepted to UCLA to the School of Theater, Film, and Television. So what? I feel we like I went UCLA. on his behalf. Yay. Go Bruins! Oh, hey. You see, uh, I actually didn't go there, but I like being rejected from there twice. <laughs> well, that's that's where I would have gone if I would have gone to school. So <laughs> you both are hilarious. <laughs> and and uh, how was it over in the West Side? It, I mean, it was cool. I uh, actually, like most minorities and Latinos, didn't trust financial aid. I didn't want to get too much financial aid, so I commuted from my house to UCLA every day. Like I took the freaking MetroLink. To Union Station, to the subway, to a bus, to UCLA. That was like hour, hour and a half to UCLA and back to West Covina every day of my undergrad. Wow, and this is pre-Google Maps. This is pre-Google Maps. I still had the Thomas Guide. What? Yeah, the Thomas Guide. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. It was great because I connected with a great professor there, Jose Luis Valenzuela. Um, he was like the only Latino professor at the school of theater, one of the few in the uh, school of theater uh, film and television and I used to get to school so early that I'd beat the janitorial staff and one day he got to school early to pick up something from his office and he found me sleeping in the in the school bench because I, I was there like at 6 a.m. and he was like oh hell no I don't want anyone seeing the one Latino kid at, at, the, at this school in particular sleeping on the bench so he gave me his key to his office and he was like whenever you get here early just come and sleep in my office so I went to his office, and he, he's like these, this mad genius. I work with all these mad geniuses that are, that are not very um, organized. And my dad, pediatric surgery, you know what I mean? Like everything has to be clean. And, and he was a military guy, so 
he was always very strict and I was I was always very clean and neat growing up. So I cleaned his office. <laughs> and once I cleaned his office, he was like, "Are you out of your mind? Uh, you're going to be my TA." <laughs> and that's that's how my relationship. He was like my first mentor and um at, at UCLA. Shout out to the Metro. Matraca. Matraca, Matraca to the Matraca to the, the mentor, mentor, the mentor. Yeah. Yeah. who happens to be the executive director of the Latino Theater Company and the Los Angeles Theater Center, actually. And, and then what, what was the trajectory of your career after that, after this mentor in, um, getting involved in your life? Um, I actually have to take it one step back to Mount San Antonio College before UCLA. Um, I was, don't tell nobody, I'm sure no one's listening to this particular part, but I, uh, I used to do speech and debate in college. What? Why would you be ashamed of that? Because it's kind of nerdy. <laughs> Come on, let's face it. It's like it's it's geeky as hell. I'm pretty sure that most of our fans are, are nerds. I, God, I hope they are. I hope they are. Uh, I did this thing called forensics at community college, and um, and I was like, you know, a national champ, speech champion. What? What? Uh, I I actually got selected to go represent my school at an international tournament in Prague. Oh no! Damn. So did the whole limbo situation uh, come into play here? But I couldn't go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was my my speech teacher, Liesl Reinhardt, this white lady who was who became like part of my family. She would come over to have ceviche <laughs> with me and my parents. Um, when she told me the good news and saw that I was like like afraid, she was like, "What's going on?" And she was the first person that I came out of the undocumented closet too. And it was that particular experience that defined my life because I think if she would have looked at me as an other or would have called Homeland Security on me, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't be here, but she was so loving, so caring. And um, it was her and her husband who actually writes and film and television. He co-created Ben 10 for Cartoon Network, and he co-created uh, Big Hero 6 for Disney. The two of them really um, mentored me and took me under their wings. So when I got to UCLA and was very kind of upset at the lack of opportunities for people of color at not just in Hollywood, at UCLA, that I turned to them and I was like, I want to write myself into existence and I want to write a show. And they're the ones who, who wrote this show that I created that became this cult phenomenon called Nigger Wetback Chink. Wow, that's right. That's NWC. NWC for the faint at heart. Yes. And now this this play kind of came into my periphery. You know, I heard a lot about it recently, this like maybe a few months ago, because if all of you are living in the United States, you know that it's been very interesting times in the country, and. And in, in, this was before the presidential election that this play was uh, was supposed to be playing in, in Cal State Long Beach and then wasn't. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about about that? Yeah, so it was interesting because the the Carpenter Performing Arts Center uh, had brought us in in 2015 and we sold it out like a thousand four hundred seats and we sold it out. Uh, so they the the executive director there, the artistic director, she was like, absolutely, you're coming back. But then when we came back, because of what was going on politically and in the climate, the the president of the school said, absolutely not. And then when they asked, like, why not, she she hid behind this false statement that the students didn't like the show. And then the students themselves protested at the school and were like, these are all lies. So who exactly is saying that no one likes the show? It's just that I understand no one wants to be associated with these titles. These are terrible, ugly, derogatory terms. 
But the way we look at it is, yo, we've been called these words and they try to take place of our cultural identity. So we have a right to use these words in an artistic way. So what was the what's the message of the of the play? Because I know it's been uh, well received everywhere else. It's just this it, it wasn't fashionable, I guess, to, to bring something as controversial with that name. But tell us what you know. What what, what did the, all these students miss out on by not having it at Cal State Long Beach? Uh, it's it, it's always so hard to talk about your work, but it's first and foremost a comedy. Uh, we knew that we just wanted to write a comedy and in, in essence tell our stories. Uh, when we tour the nation, it becomes this weird social justice piece because when you end up in places like Kentucky or Casper, Wyoming, wow. you know what I mean? And they, they, they've never actually interacted with that many minorities before. It becomes like, oh, wow. Like, I remember we were in Kentucky. And afterwards, again, a comedy, right? Uh, afterwards, this kid was crying in the audience. And when we do the Q&A, he raises his hand and he's like, I've only cried twice in my life. The first time was during Titanic. And the second time... <laughs> we all cried. We're like, whoa. <laughs> uh, oh, man, Leo. And then on the, and the second time was when I watched this show because as you guys were performing, I related to you. And then I realized I have never related to a minority in my life because the only ones I've seen were, like, getting arrested on my TV shows or on my, on, on my movie screens, you know? And I'm going to work on that. So to, to me, that's the reason we keep doing this show. It's kind of like Schindler's List, you know, he who saves one life saves the world entire. That's wonderful. Well, we're really excited to, in case there's listeners that had not heard of your work and this particular play, to bring it to more people. And in fact, if you are from the Midwest, we're trying to reach out to folks in the in middle America. We know we have a lot of fans from, from L.A. locally, but mm -hmm. we, we're really excited and hope that other people can relate to us in other parts of the country, but now more than ever, now more than ever. So it's really touching to hear that um, your play was received in that way. And I think it's it, that's that much more important to continue your work. Now, See, we're, we're, we're actually the opposite of you all, because I feel <laughs> like we're famous in Ogden, Utah and in Casper, Wyoming and Lynchburg, Virginia. But in L.A., no one knows who the hell we are. All right. Well, cross promotion. <laughs> <Help us out. laughs> and you see in the podcast. What? Um, now, OK. We, you, know, you know, you have a wonderful story, and then you've been able to tell some great things through theater. What do you? What is your day to day now? What What are you working on right now? Uh, well, currently, I am the executive director of the Latino Film Institute Youth Cinema Project uh, for Edward James Olmos. Uh, the Youth Cinema Project itself is a statewide project-based learning educational program that develops creativity and reinforces literacy in fourth through twelfth grade public schools, and we do it through the art of filmmaking. Essentially, what we did three years ago that revolutionized public education as we know it is that we took graduate school, film graduate school, and started it at the fourth grade. And at the fourth grade for our forgotten black and brown kids, um, to, to the extent that these, these children who have been forgotten by the, the, the adults, right, are writing, we're, dub oh, we're doubling reading and writing proficiency in the classroom. We are tripling school engagement. The principals and the superintendents can't even believe it because the kids are so excited that they're writing their film scripts that they don't get that they're reading and writing. They're like, right. I'm working on my movie. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? And you know what? It's also so exciting to, to find out is that um, you're doing this kind of work in, in my hometown, in mi ciudad, in Santa Ana. Yeah, at right? Santa Ana Unified has, was actually the first school district to bring us on board. They doubled down. That superintendent, Rick Miller over there, he was like, yes, this is project-based learning. This is how we create self-directed learners. He put us at Henninger Elementary and at Santa Ana um, 
Santa Ana High School, and the program has just blown up over there. Yes, Matraca to the Santa Unified School District for giving the kids this opportunity. Yeah, it's super cool. And not just any opportunity, by the way. Not only are we trying to close the achievement gap in the classroom, we're also trying to close the opportunity gap outside of the classroom. So our students, especially the kids in Santa Ana, have gone to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to, to watch movies and talk to the directors of those films. They've gone to the American Film Institute. They go to CAA, the most powerful agency in the world, yes. to screen their own films there. Like, we're really trying to bring the industry in Hollywood to these schools and vice versa. Wow, that's amazing. That's Awesome. Yeah. Well, really, well, that's really exciting. Now, what are you? What are your thoughts? Like, why is your work extra important now? Like, why is it important to put black? McDonald's se está transformando en el mundo anime de McDonald's y te trae la nueva savory chili McDonald's sauce. Los mejores sabores se unen en esta legendaria salsa para que tus ten piece chicken McDougets, papitas y Sprite se conviertan en un meal ultra poderoso. Desbloquea un manga con tu meal y disfruta de un corto de anime cada semana. Solo en McDonald's. Ba 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 go. En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado hasta agotar existencias. Can brown kids behind the scenes, in front of the scenes? Why is that work important? Uh, I think, in particular, in, in Hollywood, we need to tell our stories. I, I think there is a lack of stories by people of color. I think there are very few, few outlets that embrace them. Um, I just. For example, this year I was I was honored to be selected by Sundance to be the 2016 um, Sundance TV Episodic Fellow. And Ooh, Sun that's a what? big title, but what? we want a matraca. Matraca! Matraca for Sundance <laughs> and for loving minorities. Um, that I think TV has changed the game. Uh, I think there's such a huge need for content. I think um, there's not enough storytellers of color. And some some places like like Sundance are really embracing that and are trying to be in the forefront of helping these new voices emerge and and giving them the tools that they need to be successful in this industry. Well, that, it's very exciting. Um, some of you that are fans of the Tamarindo podcast know that I'm obsessed with Jane the Virgin because I <laughs> uh, because I just love a positive a positive star and just what do you like? Are we in a good place right now to kind of um, some gates have been open and and what are what are the opportunities to tell more of our stories as positive role models? Um, yeah, well, wow, what what a good question. Can you reframe that a little bit for me? Because that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I, I think there's been many ways that our community has been portrayed, and it's oh, typically, um, I mean, there's there's actresses that have died, and every single role they played were sirvientas, you know, like the cleaning. But now, I, what I really love about Jane the Virgin is that it's a, it's a, a the protagonist is... College educated, she works yeah. hard. They talk. They it's a really silly show. Like there's really ridiculous plots, but at the same time, they talk about uh, mixed immigration status. They talk about abortion and free choice. They talk about love triangles. They, there's a millionaire who's also Latino. So it's very refreshing to see our community in a different light. And I'm excited about the, the this show being on mainstream TV for what that could mean for other projects. And so I just want to know: um, does, Do you feel that same way? Do you feel like there's an opportunity? now to uh, better elevate the, the true story of us as Latinos? Absolutely. And I actually think a show like Jane the Virgin should should serve as an example, um, not just because their showrunner is a strong woman and there's not enough female showrunners in Hollywood, but they, she was smart enough to get an entire writing staff. Not entire, like most of the writing staff are women. You know, she's 
and women of color. So she's really giving opportunities to people who haven't had these opportunities before. That's what's important. That That's why there's such a lack of diversity on TV, right? Like, how do you break into that? And I think shows like Jane the Virgin are doing that. I think Anne and the, and the work that they're doing behind the scenes is where it matters the most, actually. And I think that, um, you know, with with uh, platforms being so limited, right, for, for people to tell our stories and, and what we do and who we really are, I think that's why it's important to have platforms like the one we're, we're on right now, which is this podcast where it's produced by, you know, people of color and, 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 um, and, and there's a diversity there. Um, so what other platforms you, are, are available out there? What, 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 how else would somebody who's willing or wanting to write a story, what are their options? What do they have to do? Um, well, I mean, as a writer, when we all have stories to tell for sure. We just have to uh, work on our skills to tell them. But you always have to ask yourself, what's the best medium for this particular story? Is it a film? Is it a TV show? Is it a novel? Is it a, is it a poem? Like, it could, it could be anything. What I do like about the world that we live in today is that we live in the digital revolution, right? And I think it was the Wall Street Journal who pointed out that the majority of YouTube stars are people of color. So what does that tell you? That there's an enormous amount of, of young, uh, young, young kids of color who, who just don't have that access to Hollywood. So what do they do? They just film themselves and dump it on YouTube. And I think that's great. I think if that's the way they're going to be found, that's the way they have to be found. If you have a story to tell, which we all do, then no one can hold you back from telling your story. Well, we love it, and we love hearing your story. We think it's it's wonderful. What are ways that people can support your work? You all can follow me at Mr. Rafael Agustin um, at Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, I have a great announcement coming out about my 30-minute TV family sitcom called Illegal coming soon. And NWC, we're going to start touring the nation again in, uh, next spring. And we're working on adapting that into a TV show as well. Uh, and more importantly, for the work that I do with the community and with Mr. Almost with the Latino Film Institute Youth Cinema Project, you could all go to youthcinemaproject.org and donate or sign up to volunteer. And also, we might be bringing back this very important uh, Latino film festival called the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival. And for that, we're going to need a lot of volunteers to come out and support our work. Very exciting. All very good stuff. We're really, really happy to have someone like you championing Latino stories. And we really appreciate you sharing your story here on our show. Uh, we always like to ask our guests three questions. Yes. Uh, what are they, Luis? So, Esteban, listo? <laughs> I think so. This is exciting. All right. Well, one of the questions is, what is your favorite snack? What is my favorite snack? Um, this is so this is terrible. <laughs> this is, you mean my, my people suffer from diabetes and I'm going to say candy and stuff. Like I, I don't want to say candy, but so everything with moderation, right? Everything in moderation. I use. Uh, um, ew, my what mom's... are some good snacks from Ecuador? We don't know about these place, these foods. Yeah, I don't know them either. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't like sweets. I've never, ever, ever liked sweets, but I don't know why I like gummy bears. 
Mm. Oh but, but that's not very tough. Like, trolls can't be eating gummy bears. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's right. We're but that's terrible. If, since this is a podcast, you can't tell what uh, Mr. Agustin looks like, but he is a cholo, cholo hipster. hipster. <laughs> a chipster, if a you will. Chipster. No, those are Chicano hipsters. Those are the chipsters. <laughs> I, so guess, I guess, you know what, the CH, you're right. Yeah. Well, it's because I live in Silver Lake, and Silver Lake is where, you know, the hipsters go to die. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to represent, like, for Latinos and stuff. So I'm just like, I'm just a chipster. Forget you. Well, I, gummy bears are great. What would be your telenovela name? You know, uh, I my one of my my writing partners, uh, Rick Nahera, He he wrote for Mad TV and in Living Color. He had a show oh on my Broadway. God, how cool! So one of his shows, like he cast me in as a telenovela star. Oh. <laughs> so, so you were already a telenovela star. I was already star. a telenovela star. My name was Fernando Tripod Carrillo. What? Oh my God. Wow, this is one of those telenovelas that come on HBO after midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was terrible. It was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Do you remember? Ay, your, ay, what, ay. Like, what was your character voice? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, he talked like this, and he was like, uh, I'm oh. sorry I haven't uh, made TV shows lately, but I've had an STD scare. But don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Everything looks good. The doctors say I'm positive. Oh, so this, so he's the narrator of Jane the Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy beat me out. Oh my God! Really? Bastard. I think that I think that's what we have in the house. Yeah, we do. We <laughs> Chapter two, Jane. <laughs> oh my God! Brenda's having like the show. best time over here. What else do we ask? So um, we also have the chancla segment. So if you could throw a chanclazo at someone, at an idea, at a thing, who is your chanclazo going for? You know, uh, I, I got for the next four years. I'm going to be throwing <laughs> chanclazos at one person um, and his administration, but I refuse to say his name. So we'll, we'll just call him the Orange Man. In fact, in <laughs> fact, so I'm, polite. I'm here today to say that we should dub him the Tamarindo Monster. Yeah, that's what he should be called. <laughs> we need some scary music, pro pro uh, producer Jeff, for that. And yes. one extra chanclazo to, uh, I love his music, but Kanye West, he was like, I, I would vote for the Tamarindo Monster. He's, uh, he's crazy. He said that? He yes, said that at a concert. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. He didn't even yeah. vote. You know, but that's why I keep saying, in this world, we need more Cornell West and less Kanye West. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I matraca, agree. Matraca, matraca for Cornell West. <laughs> well, this has been phenomenal, amazing. We're going to um, make sure we put links to all of the projects that you're working on on our notes. It's been fantastic. Did you have a good time with us here at the Dominion the Podcast? You two are so beautiful. And producer Jeff, haul out a playa. You, <laughs> you guys are so great. I really like the way that you bring a very important like topic from our community to the world, but in a very accessible way. Thank you so much for your work. Well, we're very happy that you joined us. Um, I know I've been talking to you about you coming uh, along, and we're so happy that you made the time to meet, visit with us. We, we hope that you can come back and see us sometime soon. Sí, muchas gracias. No, ustedes, Tamarindo Podcast for Life. Yay! <laughs> Excited to bring back a segment, the Pirinola. Yes. Pirinola, where we, uh, it, it's like the Mexican dreidel, where we're going to turn it 
and we're going to have it land of one on one of four possibilities and depending on what it lands on we will talk about it so turn it spin it pop it yeah so as a reminder our segments are telenoveleando Mm-hmm. where we talk about the telenovelas that we're watching, a.k.a. <laughs> TV shows or movies or whatever. A.k.a. really telenovelas for me. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is tib- Tiburon Tank, where we talk about uh, a really fun ex- um, invention, thing, something that should New exist. Ideas. That doesn't exist, but why doesn't it exist? Ta comiendo, where we talk about what are you eating, what else are you trying. And then Cultura Corner, where we share something interesting about our cultura or a lesser-known Cultural tradition. Yes. So that uh, is our, those are the four possibilities. So let's spin it. Ah, it has landed on Telenoveleando. Yes. So, Luis, what are you watching? Dude, I am like so hooked on the Celia story on Netflix. Okay, yeah, so it's like the, like a bio documentary on like her life and and whatnot, and so Celia Cruz, Celia Cruz, yeah, oh, okay. Celia Cruz, like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Celia Cruz, and it's called Celia on Netflix, and it's so great. I am so hooked. What do you like the about music it? is amazing. Um, I love that it also talks about like you know homosexuality as well. Um, there's a lot of things that I that I didn't know about her that I'm kind of you know, finding out. Um, I don't know how much of it is true or not, but it's just, it's such a great um, telenovela. I'm so hooked on that one right Very now. Very cool. What about well, you? Uh, I think that I would like to talk about the telenovela that I'm watching. Of course, I love Jane the Virgin. You all know that. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. She is no longer yeah, a virgin. Do. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to talk about that. I think what I'm going to talk about <laughs> is uh, Transparent. Transparent. This is a show on uh-huh. Amazon about a... Man who has, has realized that he actually is a woman and it's his journey transitioning or her journey. And it's very interesting because I think I'm realizing it's a lot of women writers and a lot of women directors that are involved in the project. So I think that translates into a different way that the story is told. But it, but I watch it, but it is a little bit uncomfortable because they're like rich characters um it's it's his story but it's actually the story about a family because it's it's, uh-huh. it's his transition but then you also learn about his three children and his ex-wife and it's it's a very complex family are you not watching um kate what's that are you watching kate no i'm not <laughs> that's what it sounds like oh no what is what, wait, wait, wait. kate is um chris jenner the, oh, the kardashian kate. family oh yeah. i'm sorry no 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 caitlin you mean caitlin caitlin, caitlin yeah, or somebody like, no, yeah. i don't follow does the community <laughs> uh we're not we're obviously not connected with the pop culture as much as we need to be no but this show is interesting but it's also very like um annoying because they're really really rich people and you're like oh my god your problems are so ridiculous oh. One of the characters that I find particularly hateful and annoying and ugh is so he has a daughter mm-hmm. who um, has this seemingly perfect life where she she's a housewife in a beautiful house with a nice husband, two kids. All is great. And all of a sudden she decides to leave her husband, fall in love with a woman and then like totally uproot her life. And then goes to get married with this woman, who, by the way, was also married and had to uproot her life. And then they go to the freaking altar, like they go and have the, 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 the wedding and she changes her mind. 
And, and like her character is just so selfish and so awful. But um, besides that, it's very it's a very interesting series because it kind of goes back in time. It's very it, it talks about sexuality and gender in ways uh-huh. that are not normally shown on television. So for all those things, I find value and beauty in it. But it is a little bit of like, oh, my gosh, these rich people problems. But that's what I'm watching. So nice. Right. So, Brenda, who's your chanclazo going to? Well, if I could throw a permanent chanclazo to, I think it would be to the apathetic voter because um, <laughs> are you afraid for your life right now? Because half of the country is. I know, right? You know what, too, though? Like, I think it would be so great to actually throw, like, a chanclazo through text messaging. Yeah, okay. So, like, what if you're in, like, a, a, one of these, like, crazy group texts that just keep going and going and going? I know. I would love to throw a chancla to the group texter. Is there a way for me to do that? Well, guess what? There is a way for me to throw yes, a chanta? Yes. Thankfully, the Tortilla Factory came along. For what those, is the Tortilla Factory? Well, for those of you guys who don't know, the Tortilla Factory is an app on iPhone, on iOS, and you download it, and guess what? Do you get tortillas? You also get not only tortillas, elotes? you get elotes, you get pan dulce, you get paletas, and you get chanclazos. And chanclazos. Now, okay, great. So this is a way for me to send stickers to my friends. Yes. Yes. Of images that I want to send. Exactly. Of images that it. make sense. And you know what? Our chanclazos are branded and they look so beautiful. What do you mean branded? Tamarindo? Yes. What? It has our tamarindo colors and everything. And even matracas too. Matraca for that. Well, this is great. So, again, this is Tortilla Factory. Yes. People can find it for iOS. Yes. You can throw chanclazos to whoever you want. And you can throw matracas. So, I think I have a matraca for that. Matraca! Please, do you know what time it is? What time is it? Chancla time. Dun, dun, dun. We need some chancla original theme music. Uh, say, por hashtag favor. producer Jeff. Hashtag, uh, hashtag producer Jeff. Get it together. Hashtag <laughs> please. <laughs> hashtag I'm just kidding. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Luis, Luis, who would you throw chancla at? Get your oh, right. This chanclazo is going to all of those companies that have or are selling Ivanka Trump anything. Ooh, chancla, chancla, chancla. So, chanclazo to Marshalls, chanclazo to Ross. Amazon, chanclazo to all these other companies. So. That's really hard. Can they, can they just, like, not buy the her products but not, like, be mad at the entire company? Uh, I... <laughs> Want to be mad at the entire company. All right. Chanclas, <laughs> chanclas, chanclas. Chanclas. Big what chanclas. about you? What about you? Uh, well, um, oh, I know who gets a chancla. You know who gets a chancla? The Tamarindo listeners. What? What? Let me tell you why. Oh, my God. Because, Yo me for, voy a <laughs> because we've asked for several episodes that we want to do this. What is your pedo? And we've had one submission. So please don't be shy. Be the one. Be the one. Write us your story of a problem that you have and we want to collect several of these and mm-hmm. we want to have a tupedo. Wouldn't that be fun? We'll even get like a curandera in here. Exactly. To do like a spiritual yes. cleanse. Yes. Or you know what? Maybe maybe our, our, our listeners don't have pedos. They don't have pedos. I guess your or life los tienen is... Atorados. Well, ¿sabes qué? <laughs> más, más because your life is so perfect. No, please. Ay. What are your pedos? Yes. Send us your notes. Send us your feedback. Your, you know... 
Tell us what you're liking, what you're not liking. Review us, all that stuff. So um, a, a really nice and sweet Chanclisa. virtual chancla to our Tamarindo <laughs> listeners. I know. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. This was a great episode. Yes. Oh, my super God. Super exciting. Super, super awesome. Rafael is amazing. And the fact that he's doing work in my hometown. In Santa. Matraca. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Where can people find us? They can find us on Instagram through Tamarindo uh, Podcast, on Facebook, Tamarindo Podcast, and on Twitter. Tamarindo Cast. Yes. And send us direct messages, like just like what you were saying. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. And what if you, you want to even be bonus awesome, awesome listener, you can send us a voice memo of your pedal. Oh. No, please don't actually make it a fart. and as a reminder our pedos are like your problem (laughs) all right well thank you we will see you later pontun suéter nos vemos en el suéter Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.